0: This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, covering management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for growing your law firm. Here's Lee Rosen.
1: It's good to be with you today from Raleigh, North Carolina, where I practiced law for many years. It's where we raised our family, Being back in Raleigh brings back lots of memories and stories, and it's great to spend a couple of weeks here catching up with family and friends and getting my annual medical checkups. The cool North Carolina air has a feel to it at this time of year that's unlike anywhere else that we visit. The nostalgia is strong here in Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: It's time for your tech tip. My wife works at the public library near us, and while you may think that means dealing with books, from what I can tell, about 95% of what the library staff does these days is help the elderly and itinerant members of the community access their email. She is doing the Lord's work and I am on a similar mission today. Hopefully you are able to get into your email without any drama, but something I run into over and over again is attorneys who allow email addresses at their firms to die. Email is how most attorneys do the majority of their communicating. It's how other attorneys and courts and potential clients and media outlets and nearly everybody else goes about getting in touch with you. So when an address disappears and the sender gets a bounced message, or maybe worse, no message at all, it causes huge problems. You aren't getting the information you need. Bounced emails can trigger consequences in email software like unsubscribing you from future updates or putting your account on hold. It's the functional equivalent of an important envelope getting lost in the postal mail. So how does this happen? Why does it matter? And what can you do about it? Turnover happens, the firm structure changes, I get it. I'm not telling you that you need to keep each and every address or inbox that you've ever created for former employees and old positions. But what you want to avoid is letting emails get lost because you shut off an address instead of making sure that those messages continue to be directed somewhere. And that's the key here. We don't want to drop the ball by just letting an address disappear. You need to have a plan and a process for what happens when an employee leaves or a position is removed or changed. So, how do we solve this problem? You obviously don't want to pay $10 a month or whatever it is Google Workspace or Office 365 charges per seat in perpetuity, and luckily there are several quick and easy options for getting this sorted. First though, let's address two bigger issues when it comes to losing these communications. Do you know where your domain name is registered? I'm not talking about where your website is hosted or what service you're using for your email. Your domain name is registered with a DNS registrar. That is a service like GoDaddy or Google Domains or Namecheap or one of a hundred other services that register and record your ownership of your domain name. This is usually something like $10 to $20 per year, and your registrar is where you set up information like where the website is hosted, where the emails are handled, and other information related to your domain. Now, This may be bundled with your web hosting package, and if you are paying a marketing company for an ongoing website contract, they may actually be the ones who registered the domain. The bottom line is if you aren't sure where this is, or you aren't even sure what I'm talking about, that is step number one. You need to make sure that you know where your domain name is registered, to whom it is registered, either you, your marketing company, or somebody else, and when it's up for renewal. If you don't have control of your domain, then you don't have control of your website and your email to begin with. A second and related issue here is that you really should avoid changing your domain name if at all possible. Sometimes it can't be helped, but I know some of you out there get this itch every two to three years to rebrand, and it just makes things confusing for everybody else. And it's usually the case that an address or two gets lost in the transition. Okay, so how do we actually deal with these addresses we don't want going dark? If you're using Google Workspace or Office 365 for your email, the easiest way to make sure that nothing is getting missed is to set up what is called an alias. If you are an admin user on the workspace for your team, you can create additional incoming email addresses called aliases attached to existing user accounts. This doesn't create new accounts, it just allows a team member to be reached at multiple addresses. So if Bob leaves and Tim is taking over his responsibilities, you can create an alias to route any messages to Bob at yourfirm.com or paralegal at your to tim at your You can do this with addresses you've closed or deleted or just about anything else you want, like cheapviagra at yourfirm.com if you're pretty sure that Tim can take a joke and won't file a harassment lawsuit. Some older email systems, or ones on a dedicated server, will often have a redirect functionality, which is very similar to aliases. It's essentially a table where you fill out the email address you want to intercept, and then the email address you want to receive those messages. It's not quite as elegant, but it does the same thing. Another feature that is often available in some of these traditional email systems is what's called a catch-all email address. This is a feature that allows you to route any email to an address that doesn't exist in your system to a specific inbox. The upside of this is that you don't miss any emails. The downside is that in addition to cheapviagra at yourfirm.com, any other spammy addresses that happen to get an email will route to that inbox. Now, If you really want it, you can approximate this behavior in Google Workspace by creating a rule. using the routing section in the admin Gmail panel, and an Office 365 using what they call dynamic distribution groups, but both of those options require quite a bit of fiddling around in the administration section. A catch-all address generally isn't something you want, but it's worth knowing it's there. The last option is using a third-party tool to manage these addresses. Shared inbox tools like Front App and Missive make it very easy to connect and share as many inboxes and addresses as you want. You can easily assign multiple people to monitor an inbox like info or admin or staff at yourfirm.com. You can even have employees load up their personal addresses so that other members can check in on it in their absence. Setting up aliases and redirection will need to be done with your email provider, but these shared inbox tools can make giving and revoking access to specific inboxes a lot easier. Whichever direction you decide to take, make it part of your offboarding process to reassign or alias that email address so that nothing gets lost in the shuffle. I'm Ned Days, and that's your tech tip.
1: And now for your moment of concise advice. Set yourself up for victory. We try, at least when we're thinking about it, to set others up for victory. We do it for our kids. We put them on the right team or in the right class or in the right sports league or in the right swimming pool. I remember when our kids did swim team. That was something they were excited about doing. And we worked with the coaches so that we took the kids to the right swim meet. There were swim meets for the really fast kids. Those were referred to as the A meets. And then there were swim meets for the average kids. They were called the B meets. There may even have been swim meets for the Kids that were even slower, maybe those were called the c meets. I didn't know all the ins and outs. But our kids, they were not headed for the Olympics. They were b meet kinds of kids. They didn't need to be in the a meet. They needed to be in a situation where they could race well and win once in a while and feel good and have fun and have a positive experience. We sent our kids to the B-swim meets because we wanted things to go well. We wanted them to be successful. We wanted to set them up for victory. Now, one of my good friends in high school, he dropped down from the high-level math class to the next level of math class. He was more comfortable in that level, and he did better, and he got an A rather than what would have probably been a C or maybe even a D in that higher level math class. That A that he got, that helped him get into a good college and then a better law school, and he had a very successful legal career. By switching math classes, he set himself up for victory I do the same thing for the team of people that I work with at Rosen Institute. I try to assign the work to particular team members that pushes folks to grow, but I try not to push them so hard that we break them or that they give up in failure or that they quit. What we're doing is assigning the work in a way that sets folks up for victory. Well, you want to do the same thing for you, for yourself. You want to put yourself in the right market. I practiced in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was at that time on the top of all the lists as the hot town to move to. People were moving into Raleigh from all all over the country and big companies had located to Raleigh. IBM built a big facility and GlaxoSmithKline, they came to Raleigh and those IBMers, well, they couldn't stay married. And so we, as a family law firm, we divorced them like crazy. Our practice grew as the area grew and new companies formed. SAS, for example, that was a new company and there were lots of young people employed by SAS making big bucks and they got married. And of course they couldn't stay married. And so that grew our law firm. We started our law firm in a booming market. And so we set ourselves up for victory, But there was more to setting ourselves up for victory than just picking a good location. In addition to being in the right market, we made sure to sell something that the folks in that market wanted to buy. I did divorce in a market where everybody was making lots of money and working all the time, and they believed in getting married, and then they neglected their relationships. These folks Folks wanted to escape their marriages so that they could go marry someone else. Well, plenty of those folks, they got exactly what they wanted, and we were able to sell them a first divorce, and then in many instances, a second divorce as well. We sold them what they wanted. We did it in a booming market, and the law firm became very successful. The law firm grew because we put ourselves in the right place selling the right thing. We set ourselves up for victory. You see, being in the right place and selling the right thing, it makes all the difference. Being in the wrong place and selling the wrong thing, those are problems that usually can't be solved no matter how much you might follow my marketing and management and technology and finance advice. Sure, you can work hard to fix the market or change the market or grow the market, but why not just set yourself up for victory? I wasn't born in North Carolina. I never lived in Raleigh. I didn't have family in Raleigh, but that's where I started my law firm. Raleigh was the right place at the right time with the right circumstances. Some places are obviously going to boom. Raleigh was on every list of the places to go, the places to grow, the top business cities and every other list you can imagine. I could stand at the window of a tall building and look around Raleigh and all I could see were construction cranes. I wasn't smart about my decision. I just looked out the window. You can look out the window too. So pick your place and then sell them what it is that they want to buy. Set yourself up for victory. Move if you have to. Change what you sell if you have to. Do what they want you to do where they want you to do it. Set yourself up for victory. Sometimes the right decision is to pick the A swim meet and other times the right decision is to pick the B swim meet. Pick the swim meet that you can win. You know, you're going to win regardless, but by picking the right place at the right time, selling the right things, well, that determines how hard it's going to be for you to win. Set yourself up for victory. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Raleigh, thanks for spending a few minutes with me and Ned today. We hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there, I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen.
0: Thanks for listening to your law firm. Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules all successful law firms follow.